Welcome back everyone to On Campus with Ms. T. I'm your host, Ms. T. And I'm your co-host, David. And today we're here with Dustin. Hey, how y'all doing? <laughs> Glad to be here. Thank y'all for having me. Yeah, of course. Thank you for coming. Um, and we're going to be talking to Dustin about his previous experiences in education and um, what was it, like career coaching or yeah. something like that? Yeah, Some career and coaching. his opinions on that. <laughs> so why don't we start off by having you tell us about those experiences? Yeah, um, so for two and a half years, I worked for this uh, organization. It was a nonprofit called Portland Opportunities Industrialization Center, uh, but just call it POIC, uh, Portland OIC. And so it, they offer a number of wraparound services uh, for youth and young adults. Um, and the wraparound services included uh, a program called Work Opportunities Training, which mm -hmm. we call the WAT program, W-O-T. It also offered a... Uh, a uh, alternative high school and the alternative high schools called Rosemary Anderson High School. Mm -hmm. um, so I I was actually working in the Watt program, but because we didn't have our own separate offices, we were stationed inside of the high school. Uh -huh. So, but when I because I was stationed there, I really got an opportunity to to get some insight into the educational processes. Mm -hmm. um, I got to work with some of the teachers. I really got to know some of the students and kind of know, know their backgrounds and, mm -hmm. and kind of find out what some of the different challenges are uh, in, in education. Yeah. And then for um, some people who might not know some of those terms, like wraparound, yeah. that would be like before and after school? Yes. It, it, would, it would be before school. It would be sometimes during school. It would be sometimes mm -hmm. after school. So, for, for instance, with, with me, um, I had, I had uh, in this program, we basically had to work with what was considered out-of-school youth. Um, and that could either mean someone who had dropped out. Dropped, yeah, it could mean somebody who got 10 day, meaning they didn't come to school for 10 consecutive days. And so they were considered an out of school youth oh. because they had to re-enroll. But I could enroll them in a program. And then the second that they're enrolled in my program, which would take maybe, you know, 30 minutes, mm -hmm. they can get back in school because at that very moment they were considered out of school at the time it was like a little small yeah, yeah. yeah. like some annoying technicalities yeah. right it, very, very much so so um you know so i would have kids come in you know sometimes before school um i would have have them come in maybe on their lunch break they might need help with the resume or if they have a uh interview for a position after mm -hmm. school they might want to come check in with me and then obviously i would have appointments after school for them to come in and, and chat and maybe talk about the program so really, it, it, it was it was services that really affected, you know, their education, but also setting them up to be on a career path at, at some point, which is challenging for a 16 year old. But yeah. you kind of want to get them in that mentality. Yeah. yeah. Was this for lower like income areas? Yeah. Or? Okay. The, the majority uh the majority. So the the location I was at was in uh, Gresham, mm -hmm. um, East Portland. Um, and so. A lot of a lot of the kids there, you know, were of a low income background. Uh, Seventy percent of the students in the alternative high school were students of color. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, Latinx students, African American students, uh, Asians. Mm -hmm. um, so, and and then even with those who were considered quote unquote white, a lot of them were uh, parents were immigrants, like a Russian descent, Good Russian sure. background. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was it was a really diverse set and a diverse. Uh, array of students with a diverse array of problems yeah. and, and different needs and, and different problems that that needed solving so mm -hmm. really being a career coach was was career coaching it was counseling it was mentoring it was yeah 
I don't want to say parenting, but some of them would look at you as like yeah. their father figure yeah. or that big brother or, or, yeah. or whatever, whatever, the, whatever the case may be. So, I mean, it, it, people would come to you like relationship advice or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I got into an argument with my mom. Like, how, do, how should I handle this situation? So it, it was a situation <laughs> where you, you were never bored because there was always different, yeah. different kinds yeah. of challenges. Did you do a lot like of things? Off the clock, I'm guessing too. Oh yeah, yeah, it, yeah right. I mean, nonprofit work is is a labor of love. Like this, yeah. I mean it. It was constant off off the clock things. Um, My job is a nonprofit too. Yeah, so you you are. Yeah. Uh, for instance, one of the things that was uh, it was part of my job, but it was outside of my normal working hours. Uh, POIC had a partnership with Portland Parks and Recreation. And so there was this program we had once a month called uh, the Kickback, and the kids named it that. Um, <laughs> so with this program, once a month, uh, myself and then I think like maybe two other staff members at our different locations uh, would pick up kids and bring them to the uh, Matt Dishman Community Center. Uh, Matt Dishman Community Center is in North Portland. Uh, it's near uh, Emanuel Hospital. It's in, it's in that area. Oh. Um, but we would bring the kids there, and from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m., the community center would be closed, and it would only be POIC kids oh. allowed in there. And they would we allowed them, they'd be playing basketball, mm-hmm. listening to music, playing ping pong, um, just various activities to keep them yeah. out of the streets. Yeah. Because nice. it's that period when school's not in session. Yeah. yeah. And maybe parents are Get still trouble, working. Right. Yeah. Right. Temptation. Yeah. You know? Tempta- yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we used to do kind of a thing like that at my church. Yeah. Um, was, we just called it the youth center. It didn't have a cool name, like the yeah. kickback. But <laughs> <laughs> um, but then we had to stop it because our church is very old and it was kind of falling apart. And so it just became like a liability to have a bunch of kids in there all the time. And we don't have the money to like fix it up. Yeah. <laughs> So they stopped it, but it was it was kind of pretty much the same thing. They would just come. We would like play games. We would watch movies. I remember we used to do this thing where like it was like a brown bag, mm-hmm. and it was like almost like a truth or dare type of thing, but it was just always dare. Yeah. And you have to eat whatever was in the bag, and they would like <laughs> it was gross. And we did like you had to chug like prune juice or like Ooh, you have to wait. eat like sardines <laughs> or something. I actually like sardines. Really? Yeah, so sardines, sardines. But like the the food in the bag was it like a fear factor thing? Where it's yeah, like, yeah, where you're like you like don't know snake what it eggs is. or like <laughs> no, I think it was within yeah. reason, okay. whatever we could find. Okay. So probably like cow tongue or something because you can buy that at the grocery store. Uh, that was in lingua. Yeah, in Mexico we we I don't but. The culture we eat that. They're good. <laughs> I don't like cow tongue. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some people in my family eat cow tongue too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I can't. Chewy, but they also have. Like, <laughs> they have it? brain tacos too. Brain tacos. Mm-hmm. It's just the meat from the like cheese. No, that's cabeza. They have yeah. tacos de seso. That's brains. Oh. And the tacos de cabeza is just like the meat from the head of the cow. Oh. Mexicans don't waste. <laughs> we don't waste any parts. Yeah, resourceful. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta be resourceful. Yeah. You can't when you're bored. You gotta eat everything. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. I do understand. And then, really quickly, I wanted to see if you could explain what an alternative school was too before we move on. Yeah. So, uh, in in the the school I worked at, um, Rosemary Anderson High School, we took uh, a lot of kids from uh, in in the North Portland locations. We took kids from. Portland Public Schools, 
um, who had been kicked out, um, mm-hmm. who had struggled in the uh, traditional high school setting. Maybe they needed more of a of hands-on uh, education. Maybe they needed uh, education that was less test mm-hmm. and more activity. Um, and maybe they needed smaller classrooms. And in my location in uh, the Gresham area, we took the kids from the Centennial uh, School District, mm-hmm. from Reynolds uh, School District, David Douglas, David Douglas mm-hmm. School District, Park Rose. Yeah. Um, and, and it was basically a different way of, of doing doing education. It was very much a relationship-centered approach uh, to doing things. It was less an authoritarian way, way of yeah. doing mm-hmm. it. Uh, but alternative schools, you know, the word alternative, it provides an alternative way to educate them. Um, that maybe is something that doesn't happen in a traditional public high school setting. And they're publicly funded as well, like yes. state and federal. Yes, uh, we, we publicly funded. We get some some of that, but we also uh, we're not a hundred percent public publicly funded. Um, we would have events a couple of times a year. Like we'd have a gala uh, at uh, Nike, um, oh, cool. attended at the Tiger Woods Center, and then you know people would come. Um, and they, you know, donate money to yeah. support us. And then awesome. we partner with a lot of the local tech companies because um, we do a run every year around like October. Um, it was called uh, the, the it was a 4K, and a lot of these uh, tech companies in Portland would also contribute because it was beneficial for the nonprofit organizations because of the money and the resources yeah. are needed. But it was beneficial to the tech companies because they're trying to diversify. So mm-hmm. the hope was to create a pipeline. So by, they by could create. get into those. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. That's yeah. cool. So that, you know, um, that helped a lot, being able to, uh, you know, have support in the tech community and in the, uh, you know, philanthropic community mm-hmm. to kind of help, uh, you know, with resources. That's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, at my high school, we had an alternative school that was, like, attached mm-hmm. to our high school, but it was, like, separate, right? It was, like, its own separate thing, but it was still attached to the campus. Yeah. And I always wondered, like, what it was. And I think it was called, like... Oh, gosh, I don't remember what it was called anymore. <laughs> I have no idea. But um, I always wondered because it was just like, a, it looked just like our school, but just like smaller. Yeah. And then one of the guys that I went to church with, there was one point where we would all carpool. So there was like three of us. And then one of the people from church would drive the three of us to school. Yeah. And me and one of the other guys went to my high school, and then the other one would go to the alternative school. And I was always like, "Where does he go? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> what is that school? Like, I didn't like." So they, never, they never talked about the alternative school at your at mm-hmm. your school. They no, never mentioned it. It was there too in mind. There's just it's, it was the same thing. It's like attached to it. I think most of like LESC does that. Like they'll attach it, but it's like its own thing. Mm-hmm. And it's usually like where it's not. I don't think it's like yours where they're trying to like yeah. make them better or teach them. It's just like. Uh, I knew a couple people that did it, so it's like they'll just give them a pack of like like work to do, mm-hmm. and go just do that, and that's it. And that's how you like kind of pass. And like options. Yeah, it's like in a different California. way of getting credit or something. Yeah. yeah, in California, there's something called options for youth. I don't know if they have that here. I'm not familiar. But with it's it's basically like a like a random building, like let's say like in a strip mall or something, and you just go in, like you check in, and then they give you a packet, and you just take it home. Is it? It and sounds like almost like in. a G. Is it like a G? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's what it's. See, like I don't think that helps. So just like yeah. just here, do this, and you'll get your GED. Yeah, I mean, it's a way for them <laughs> to get it at least, right? But yeah. your program sounds a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> well, but you, but you know what? Like, 
maybe for like the the program you guys spoke about, I mean, maybe there were there was a situation where maybe there were like people who had children who didn't have the time who needed to work and couldn't come into the school, you know, and put yeah. in. Yeah, in that makes sense. Yeah. I think it just when it's um it's like cause I think I think I think one of my cousins actually did it and I think he he just paid my other cousin to do all the homework. Oh, <laughs> like that's on so everything. Good. So that's just I got it. I think that's how I graduated. Just <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just gotta yeah. get get that diploma, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and possibilities open up for yeah. you. Yeah. So. For the alternative school that you worked for, was that a regular high school diploma that they would earn? Yes. Okay. Yes, it was fully fully accredited uh, by the uh, uh, I believe it was called the Northwest Regional Accreditation Center. Okay. So it was fully fully accredited. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Cool. But it one of the things I think working working it, and I think it's really beneficial, was that prior to working in education, there's this stigma around quote-unquote alternative schools. Like, it's mm-hmm. a school yeah. for bad kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I have an uncle who has been an alternative school principal uh, for a long time, and he worked with, you know, young men and women who had been previously incarcerated. Mm-hmm. And so I think there, there was that stigma. But in, in the alternative school I worked in, it wasn't that these were bad kids. It was that they they needed maybe smaller classrooms. Yeah. It it was that they they needed a more relationship centered approach. Mm-hmm. Um, these were kids who I mean, pretty much all of them were dealing with trauma of some sort, and and so maybe at their previous high schools there wasn't an emphasis on trauma informed care. Yeah. Uh, being being mindful of of some of the things that that they've gone through, and maybe there wasn't that relationship centered approach then. Yeah. And I mean, when in big high schools. Uh, you you don't get the one on one that yeah. you that you just like really blend it in there with the yeah. right crowd, you know. And it's like you're a number, right? Yeah, yeah. And if you fall you fall out, you fall out, right? Yeah. And so the benefit for uh the alternative school that I worked at, Rosemary Anderson, was that every teacher knew every student's name, mm-hmm. and every student knew every teacher's name, right? Mm-hmm. And I I knew all the students. The students the students knew me. You actually had a relationship, right? Yeah. With right. every single student, right? You you really you really get to know them. Uh, you really get to know about some of their challenges, because that way you're able to help them. Yeah. You know, on on a, on a different level. Yeah, that's kind of how my program is too. Like I, I compare it, and we did another interview with um, a high school teacher, and we were kind of asking him like, like if he's involved like with the families, or if he takes the time to build relationships with the students and kind yeah. of get to know them personally and stuff. And it's way different, I think in a regular like yeah. K through 12 setting than it is usually in like nonprofits where you're working with um, students that are, like you said, that have suffered traumas yeah. before. Like my program, we, it's usually at risk, like mm-hmm. students that are labeled at risk that mm-hmm. will come into our program. And so it's students that, like you said, have suffered trauma in the past and yeah. like are coming from domestic violence situations yes. or like their parents are incarcerated or, mm-hmm parents were on drugs while they were pregnant or something mm-hmm. and yeah it's it's a lot different yeah. i mean i listened to some <laughs> of the some of the stories of, of the kids and i'm like how did you make it to where you yeah. are now like that that's the fact that you're here is is a success story mm-hmm. in itself um and to see some some kids that were like their first the first in their family to go to community college, you know, um, yeah. and, and just, just to make something out, out of themselves is, uh, is, is great. Now there've been some, you know, 
successes. There, yeah. there were some there were some failures, right? Mm-hmm. But just just knowing that you that there have been the, some successes and that you had the ability to have a positive impact yeah. on on a kid's life is uh, it, it makes it it made it worth it. Yeah, you know, despite yeah. the times, it was yeah. it was mm-hmm. some headaches. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, David's but, always telling me like, why are you still there? Like, just quit. <laughs> like, do something else. And I'm like, it's it's different. Like, it's like heart. it's. I'm complaining to you. I'm venting to you, but yeah. it's you know that you are impacting someone's life. Like mm-hmm. you are changing the course that their life is currently on, and it's right. it's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and they they show you in their own way that they need you too. Mm-hmm. Like that you you know that that they that they need you, and and they they show it that they appreciate it in their their own way too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not it might not be the standard. But yeah. anytime it, they make an effort to consistently uh, show up, uh, yeah. come around, um, you know, even if they might, you, know, you might tell them to do something and they fight you, but they, anyway, they give in. Mm-hmm. Eventually, it's like okay, they see the value and like what you want to tell them. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's like that with me too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean for a lot of the kids that I've worked with, I'm sure you work with as well. Like these alternative schools are like their last chance yeah. you know like, yeah i work with kids who've been kicked out of two and three schools mm-hmm. and nobody nobody else yeah. wanted them you know so and that's yeah that's another thing i always think of it's like okay well if i leave this like if i don't do it like who else is you know what i mean like it's a yeah. really tough it's, it's tough. a really tough job and not not a lot of people want to do it because it doesn't pay a lot and mm-hmm. it's really really hard like every day and it's like if you're not willing to be that person that's gonna do that for them, like yeah. who is? <laughs> yeah. You know, like even their parents are struggling, or mm-hmm. maybe their parents aren't even in the picture. Like right. they don't have anyone else. Like yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. It was yeah. <laughs> it was it was funny. Like I when I when I worked there, I used to always tell people what I did, and every time everyone would say, "Oh, it must be so rewarding." <laughs> and it's like I, I used to tell my, my wife who worked there too but in a different capacity mm-hmm. um i would say you know what i'm gonna go to that person over there i'm gonna tell them what i do and i guarantee you're gonna say it's so rewarding and every time yeah. it's yeah. just like i predicted but <laughs> it's like you said it's tough work and not a lot of people were cut out to do yeah. that kind of work because it takes so much patience it yeah. takes so much yeah. energy you have to be like a special special type of person <laughs> tell them your heartstrings at yeah, but no, uh, yeah, it sucks. Like, I, I like, I don't know. It, I would like to do that, but then it's like I don't even know how to help someone like that. Like, because well, like no your situation. One does that first. <laughs> you're like, because like, damn, like how you? I don't know, like how, like, how do you help these kids? Well, you know. I mean, it it could be um, as simple as like like big brothers, big sisters, like mentoring someone, mm-hmm. like those those right, either. right, mm-hmm. just just being present. I mean, because uh, with the, a lot of kids and. You know, to sign up for mentoring programs, like there, there's a void somewhere. You know, mm-hmm. so. And if they're signing up, that means they want it. They want it. Like they're showing you that they want it. It's not even like you're having to fight with them to yeah. get them to do it. Like right. if they're signing up for it, that means that they want that mentorship. They want that relationship. Go ahead, Big David, man. Go ahead. Man. <laughs> <laughs> do it for the kids, man. Do it for the kids. I would love to, but man, it's. I bet it doesn't pay well, right? Oh no. well, you know, well. Well, big. Brothers, I think that's like a volunteer yeah, program. Yes, volunteer. Oh, yeah, okay. so you'd just be doing that oh, in your spare like time. That. There's a movie like that, right? Yeah. yeah. 
what Will is they it? like force him to do it though <laughs> yeah it's like a legal thing that's like he gets in trouble for something and they it was a comedy yeah Sounds what is it called funny. and there's like a minotaur and he like there's like a role play like medieval yeah thing it, but yeah i don't remember the name but um no yeah i would like to do that maybe we should yeah man i try to donate work at like my time where i can you know mm-hmm. i mean like i uh they there there's there's a need for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely uh, a need for it, and especially uh, in this in this area. I mean, y'all are both from the L.A. area. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. um, very diverse area. I'm from Houston, very diverse area, mm-hmm. and you know the kids of color. I, I I heard somewhere, read somewhere, that in Portland public schools, uh, kids of color are almost fifty percent of the students, which was shocking to me right and then you see the demographics of the, of the educators yeah it doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't make reflect, sense as yeah. well as the mentors they yeah. don't reflect that either so mm-hmm. uh i mean there's there's certainly a need man certainly mm-hmm. need you you'll be welcome with open arms <laughs> okay yeah i'm looking into that yeah. <laughs> and then i know that you've had to get students engaged right in those yeah. and then now you currently work on getting adults engaged yeah. in things so i wanted to ask you if we saw like a big difference between getting young people engaged and getting adults engaged i found that the universal thing that brings people together is food <laughs> um, so when i did the, the program with portland parks and recreation anytime we announced uh the next date for the uh, monthly event one of the first things they would ask me is well, what's, what are we eating? Yeah. And, and if I tell them, you know, sometimes it would be not the healthiest stuff, but, you know, high school kids. Yeah, they, they don't want the healthiest they, stuff. They have cast iron yeah. stomachs. They could, they could eat hot Cheetos. Yeah. And <laughs> but, you know, it, it, sometimes it'd be, uh, you know, Taco Bell. It, sometimes it would be uh, Wingstop. Uh, sometimes it'd be Popeyes. They, they go crazy for Popeyes chicken, like, <laughs> Two pieces of biscuit. Oh, that's good. We just had it. We just had it. <laughs> <laughs> We're all hungover. I was like, I want some pot plates. Yeah. Um, but, we were hungover from your engagement event right. that we just came back from yeah, yesterday. Yeah, that was that was food. Yeah, yeah. food there. And we just uh, celebrated uh, NetRush's uh, 14th anniversary, and we had catered Chipotle, and that brought a lot of a lot of people out. It even mm-hmm. brought people from IT out. And, and IT never leave that desk, you know? <laughs> but I mean, you know, like I think the 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 big difference is that with with the youth, there's even a difference between working with uh, you know, 16, 17 year olds as opposed to 23, 24 year olds. Um, with 16 and 17 year olds, you're just trying to present them with options because they're mm-hmm. they're too young to know <clears throat> about a career path. Yeah. Uh, at 16 and 17. I didn't know what I wanted to do back yeah. back then. Um, so you're just trying to present them with as many options as possible. Um, telling them about industries in which there's a lot of uh, growth. Um, industries where you try to provide information about the projected salaries. Um, and then we also would have uh, career fairs where we brought people from, uh, like we brought people from the, I believe, Mount Hood Community College, their dental program. Mm-hmm. Um, That's where we're going. <laughs> yeah. PCC had a nursing program, uh, the paramedic program. Uh, we brought uh, some substance abuse counselors to kind of talk about their uh, their industry. So you just try to present them with uh, mm-hmm. with just a bevy of options, just to get their horizons to be to be broadened. Mm-hmm. With twenty three and twenty four year olds, 
most of the time they kind of have an idea on, on what they want to do or, or they're a lot closer to it. So for them, it's kind of helping them get from point A to point B, right? They, they know what they want to do, but they don't know how to get there. Mm-hmm. So my job then was to try to sit down with them and say, okay, uh, if you want to do this, you need this amount of credits from community college or or you need to get this kind of certification or you need to, you know, talk to this person or talk to that person. So it was more uh, once they know they know what the path and it's just kind of guiding them along that like way. Giving them a map. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Giving <laughs> them the map. map. Yeah. Whereas with with your young people, you just have to see what, you know, what options that they have first mm-hmm. and then have them kind of figure out trying different things and see. You know, did you enjoy if you tried this or if you tried interning somewhere? You know, different mm-hmm. things like that. You just kind of want to expose them to mm-hmm. a variety of different possibilities. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And huh. did you notice, like, I don't know if you have a lot of experience with, like, the way that career coaching and that stuff is done in, like, the regular public schools. But if you did, was there, like, a difference between, uh, like, the alternative uh, I don't. I don't think it was much of a difference, and the reason uh, I would say that is because uh, every so often, a lot of the uh, service providers would meet at this location called Work Systems, uh, which was in downtown Portland. And Work Systems was the company that uh, we they kind of gave us our directions on how we, how to technically enroll kids. Mm-hmm. They also interpreted the Department of Labor laws uh, that informed our practices and kind of like our rules. Mm-hmm. Um, so. There would be individuals there, mostly from nonprofits, but there there were folks there from like Hillsborough School District mm-hmm. as well that were uh, not like alternative school settings, mm-hmm. and so uh, it was there wasn't really that big big a difference in terms of like uh, what the goals were and what the outcome what the outcomes were. Um, I was I now I don't know what the budgets for uh, like a, a a public school would be as opposed to like a, a nonprofit that relied on donations from you know uh, the philanthropic community mm-hmm. um but i don't in practice i didn't think that things were that that much different to be honest with you hmm. that's good yeah i thought maybe it would be like in my head i was like maybe it would involve more of like um presenting them with options of like trade schools and stuff because i know in california a lot of the times when it's like alternative schools and stuff they're like okay well why don't you try a trade school now, because did, maybe they're not going the college route we no we did do that as well uh mm-hmm. there there were times where several times we brought folks from uh the local uh construction uh group uh, i'm trying to think of the technically word like the uh, <laughs> ibew like the union okay. construction oh, yeah. union, mm-hmm. and we would have them come out and present and kind of talk about uh construction or uh, the electricians, mm-hmm. um, and then um, I remember we were looking at part. They were looking at partnering with one of the uh, uh, construction groups to create an apprenticeship program. So we oh, did. Cool. We did definitely did give them that option uh, as well. Uh, and some some were into it. Some weren't. Yeah. We just kind of want to present them with, yeah. with the options. options. So yeah. it was definitely something that we that we did. Uh, we did invite them to as well, especially being that there was an emphasis um, on the fact that a lot of people in construction were getting older and they were going to be mm-hmm. need more people to fill fill those positions. Yeah. And as the city of Portland and the Portland area grew, there was going to be more construction projects and they needed people in order yeah. to be able to fill those those positions. Yeah. I know like in, well, at least at my high school, it was, always pushing college it was never like 
Mine too. They don't really present you with like a whole lot of options. Yeah, no, yeah, most don't. Like, well, yeah. maybe now it's changing. I'm sure, because yeah. it's college. I think there's isn't there a couple colleges closing around? There's one closing in Portland, right? Concordia. Oh, yeah, yeah, I just heard. I was like, damn, like, yeah. yeah. University's closing? That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's tough because actually my in-laws uh, have exchange students, and they get a lot of exchange students from Concordia. Oh. So I'm wondering, like, how that's going to impact, you know, what, what, they, what they've what they done. It's, it's shocking to, to hear that yeah. it's closing, man, because it's been around for a while. For a long time. Yeah. And then a lot of people that had just, like, enrolled, too. Yeah. Right? So it's like... Ooh, what 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 do you what do you do? <laughs> you know, transfer to uh, you know, PSU or you yeah, know, the, the program that you majored in. I is think um, Western. I think that's what it's called. I think it's Western Oregon University was saying that they were gonna just automatically accept um, anyone who had already been enrolled at Concordia. Cool. So oh, I was like, oh, I'm that's glad cool. To hear that. Yeah. Merrillhurst close as well. Merrillhurst University. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, Garrett told me about that one too. Yeah, um, I haven't heard of that one. It's in uh, like the Clackamas County, I believe, or some somewhere in that in that in that area. Um, mm-hmm. And actually, one of my coworkers attended Merrillhurst, and then one of my former coworkers attended that mm-hmm. as well. So I knew a couple of people who went to Merrillhurst. Um, so it's pretty pretty unfortunate. Yeah, I think yeah. it's crazy though, since it's like I wonder if it's just because this. People don't want to go to school anymore because it's so expensive, and they don't like no one wants to get into debt for. Yeah. Because I'm thinking like that's the thing right now, right? Like that's a big issue. Everyone's into all the student debts and like. Yeah. Some people, it's like, damn, for what you know, like. It it is crippling. Yeah. It's it's crippling. Um, it it has a it can have a really negative impact on your financial future because I mean. Debt is you know debt is almost like to a, to an extent like a form of being in prison. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like always hanging over you, like right. until it goes away. It, it yeah. limits it limits what you're what you're able to do. So, um, I I can certainly hundred percent understand why people would look at alternative ways yeah. to to be able to. Because I mean, in in some instances, you don't have to get a college degree in order to make a make a good a good living. Like I. Had, I think that's true. Yeah, there you go. There's, <laughs> there's an example. Um, I, I actually had lunch maybe two or three weeks ago uh, downtown Vancouver uh, with a friend of mine. Uh, I was introduced to through another uh, former NetRush colleague. And um, she works for one of the uh, tech companies here in uh, downtown Vancouver. She doesn't have a college degree, and she's making over six figures. Oh, wow. Damn. But she she code. <laughs> I've been doing it wrong, but needless to say, like I I wouldn't change my college experience. Um, but it's just it's not for everyone, and you don't you don't have there's many ways in order to be able to have a successful career outside yeah. of just college. Yeah, yeah. I know Mount Hood Community College is cutting a whole bunch of their programs. Mm-hmm. Is it just Portland, or is it like nationwide? It's nationwide. Affected? I've heard also that. Okay. Um, like Harvard is starting to do, um, I don't know if they've already started it yet or not, but I heard that they were going to start at least um, doing free online courses mm-hmm. where you can just enroll and take online courses for free and you could technically get yeah. a degree from Harvard without ever studying <laughs> wow. on Harvard because they were just trying to get people to come yeah. into Harvard because nobody was well, No one wants anymore. to go to the, especially expensive school. Yeah. Like, like, it's just, 
no one wants to pay for that no yeah. title. Like, and it was like all the fancy schools like Harvard, Yale, yeah. Princeton, they were all like thinking about doing that because they're they're um, gonna have to or they're gonna have to lower their prices, right? Like I don't know, it's yeah. very expensive. They have to change something. Because <laughs> it's no one's gonna do it anymore. Yeah. I, I have a, a a friend of my wife, uh, she got a degree and then she got like a master's degree and I think she got she she's getting a second master's degree and it's in like nonprofit management, so you know she's not making. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think she's like over three hundred thousand oh, dollars in debt. Gosh. You know, and I'm like, oof. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know an NBA player? Yeah. Oh man, that's crazy. It is. That's why I haven't gone back to get my master's. I was supposed yeah. to go this year, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna do it. I have to like force myself to do it, but I was like. I can't like it's just so much money and yeah. I'm like I'm not even gonna be making that much more than what I'm making now <laughs> so yeah. it's not even worth it really. yeah, yeah. And, and then I think um wasn't there a program that if you worked in public service for like five or ten years that, ten years yeah. ten years they would like forgive your yeah. or, or I don't even like the term forgive yeah. yeah like you did something wrong like, yeah you yeah. went to school what's wrong with that <laughs> yeah. sorry for going to school <laughs> but they would like like go, yeah, yeah, your student loans. They have that, and I still need to talk to my HR person to to try and enroll in that because I can already do that because yeah. I am in teaching. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I can already start like the banking the the years, I guess. Yeah. But I have heard, and I'm not trying to get political or whatever, but I have heard that Trump is trying to get rid of that. Wouldn't surprise so. me. <laughs> it, it wouldn't so who knows me. if that's even gonna still be a thing by the time that my ten years would be up <laughs> yeah yeah it, it's uh it, it's really it's really unfortunate um it's really unfortunate that that's even uh something that's under consideration um because you know i i think that uh, in a lot of our scores test scores uh in the united states compared to like other, other countries, countries like yeah. we we lag behind right mm-hmm. we we need to encourage people to be in the classroom not not discourage them um and you know teachers uh obviously don't don't get paid enough um and i've heard about how teachers are having to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars of their own money um to finance school supplies um Mm -hmm. yeah and and just the the heartache uh it's 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 tough and i mean i come from a long line of educators okay um (laughs) my older sister is uh She's a school counselor now, but she was elementary school teacher for 20 years. Oh, wow. Uh, my younger sister is a college professor. Um, I have uh, a bunch of, like, my, I mentioned my, uh, I think I mentioned my uncle being an alternative school mm-hmm. principal. principal um, and I have several aunts and uncles who, who taught and, like, retired from it. So I have, I've always had a healthy respect for, for the perfect, uh, profession. Um, it's just unfortunate that um, working with kids is one of the toughest things that someone can do. Um, and it's unfortunate when there's additional barriers yeah. um, when we don't have the support. Underappreciated. Is Undervalued. Uh, 100%. <laughs> but it's like society and then it's also like our whole school structure just um, yeah. sucks. Like, like, I don't know, I hated school. I, I didn't like it. Me too. And I think that's <laughs> why I don't, I don't have like that. Um, it's like, I don't know. Like, it's like, I don't know. Like, drive. I, not even the drive. It's just like, it's Interest. just like, but like, like, there, I think there's, a, I don't know if there's a lot of bad teachers out there. I'm sure there is. 
because like <laughs> I do remember certain teachers like that were good and I go these guys and then actually they like stick with me to this day but mm-hmm. most of them are like just they didn't care they're just there to get there's also their tenure they're chilling out. yeah they're burned out mm-hmm. and I and I, I don't blame them for being in my school you know they're probably just like ah oh, these kids <laughs> they don't care you know like <laughs> it was the best school <laughs> yeah. yeah so I I'm, I had a question for y'all um so like did you have to because i know I'm in oregon you have to like get a master's degree to be certified to teach i think mm-hmm. um was that the case in california or was there some sort no. of certification i think in in oregon you can get your teaching certification while you're working on your bachelor's okay so you don't have to have your master's mm-hmm. but if you already have your bachelor's and now you want to get certified you have to go through the master's program Ooh. to be able to get certified and it's the same thing i believe in washington so if i want to get my certification or my license which i think that's what it's called here um i would have to go for my master's Ooh, which okay. sucks <laughs> yeah. in california it was different because i had already done my bachelor's and i was just only in california they call it a credential a teaching credential so i was just in the credential program mm-hmm. so i wasn't going for a separate degree mm-hmm. it was just only the credential program and they would work with the school district. So I was already working as a teacher, even though I wasn't um, a credentialed teacher yet. But yeah. I was working as an intern, like on an intern basis. Yeah. So as long as I was going to school for my credential, I could keep that job. And they would kind of like check in with each other to make sure like that I was still enrolled and that I was still getting like good grades and my GPA was still like at a certain level or whatever. Yeah. So that was pretty cool, but they do not have that here, unfortunately. (laughs) In Texas, where I'm from, uh, it's something very similar. They have, Mm -hmm. like, just alternative certifications. So if if you have your your bachelor's degree and you decide Mm -hmm. you want to do it, you can can actually teach while you're getting your certification. And my uh, my nephew um, is actually going through that now he's he's doing like substitute teaching Mm -hmm. but he's working on getting his uh his certification right now so i i you know i i wish that oregon and washington had a a policy in place like california and texas (laughs) and not because like i'm a homer or or anything like that Mm -hmm. but uh i mean i i read a few years ago um when i when i worked for rosemary anderson high school that the Oregon's high school graduation rate was like third worst in the United States of oh, America. Wow. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, it's 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 really it's really really bad. And I mean, I I think that we should make it easier for teachers who want to yeah. do it to be. Yeah. cut these barriers and go. It's yeah, not even worth like it's, it's not worth it. Like she has to go not. back for another year of school for like getting. I don't and know, then how much it's more so day. annoying too because like all of the schools like none of them accept each other's like credits right. even though it's the exact same course exact same so i already took a whole bunch of courses in california and then we moved so i didn't finish the program and now i'm like okay we'll do any of my classes count and they're like no so i have to start all over again and i have to do the master's program and it's not even like in the field that i want necessarily because they don't have that here yeah. like i guess california is kind of ahead of the curve a little bit where we have preschools already in the school district mm-hmm. and um, special ed preschools already in the school district. And it's like actually part of a school district. And there's actual like early childhood special education teachers like yeah. that are actually teaching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and over here, it's different. They don't really have that here. 
there are early childhood special ed teachers, but they work like for the county and they only spend like 30 minutes in each classroom or something. Mm -hmm. And it's like really weird. So they don't even have that actual master's program for me to take. So then I would have to get it just in like special ed and then go back to school again and get like a separate certification for early childhood. And then like, I don't know. See, when I hear you say that, (laughs) someone tried to talk to me about being a teacher and I'm like nah I'm good yeah. <laughs> it's so complicated yeah, yeah. You, you have to you have to jump through and then yeah there's like a teacher shortage right like, mm-hmm. they're saying it's like well yeah I wonder I wonder why no one well that's why California had that program that I was in because there was such a teacher shortage that um, LAUSD actually has their own classes so those are free if you enroll into that program you can become a teacher completely free and you just take the classes that they give you and then I think the only catch is that you have to be working for LAUSD for like five years. But even that's slow though, compared to a thing like Texas. Because I think mm-hmm. Texas has really good schools. Yeah, the yeah. programs in Texas were nice. And I hear we it's like very easier. There. Yeah. And I was like, yes, like it would be so much easier for me to become a teacher. <laughs> it, is, it, it is. It is a lot. Like we interviewed my nephew, and he was he uh, he I think he did his high school in um, Texas, mm-hmm. and he was telling us like the difference because he went from LA to Texas. Yeah, and he's saying it's way different. Like, it was way better. It's better, yeah. Yeah, he goes, LA schools are terrible. He said, like, I feel like it was run like a prison. Like, mm-hmm. bells, you know, you're caged in. Yeah, <laughs> in California. Yeah. <laughs> Make me think about that movie. Y'all ever seen a movie, Lean On Me? Morgan Freeman? I don't think I want, so. I know, I, I know that movie. I don't know. Uh, Honestly, yes. Based yeah, on the true classic. story. Yeah, mm-hmm. but... Uh, that that the school in that movie was 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 like that, and they started off and they were playing that up. Welcome to the jungle, <laughs> <laughs> and they were like beating up the teachers, and it was just, yeah, yeah, it was it was it was rough. But so when you said running like a prison, yeah, uh, it made me think about like that that movie. Uh, <laughs> Lean on me, oh, it's Lean a, on me, it's right. classic, it's classic. Gotta right. watch that. Yeah, <laughs> should watch it. <laughs> but it, it's uh. I don't know. I, I I agree. Like that, I think that it should be easier to get teachers um, into classrooms in in Oregon. Um, uh, one stat that sticks out with, for me uh, from when I worked at uh, the nonprofit organization, uh, I, I was part of this committee uh, called Black Male Achievement, and so they were basically trying to reach out to some of the young African American uh, males and try to get them connected, like community leaders and get them in internships mm-hmm. uh, and then support them, uh, those that were in high school, um, and help them like get through the graduation. Uh, this was in 2017. So this might have changed. I hope that it changed. <laughs> <laughs> the graduation rate for black males in the state of Oregon was like 57%. 57%. Right? That That's like almost just yeah half like that's 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 a black eye on the state and it's Mm -hmm. it's an embarrassment um so i I mean i would just hope that you know hopefully somebody from from the uh state of oregon is is listening to this (laughs) podcast whoever you are change up the policy make it it. easier yes like (laughs) our kids need it too like y'all please like Mm -hmm. making it unnecessarily difficult yeah they really are yeah. Yeah. Perfect example. At least here. the process, <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, sometimes like, and I, I think I brought it up before in other episodes too, where there's like that saying where it's yeah. like, well, if you can't do teach, 
where it's like people think it's so easy like just be a teacher like it's not so at the same time it's like okay if the process is super easy then people that have that mentality where they're like well i failed and everything else let me just be a teacher then they will probably have an easier time or maybe will consider it even more of an option if it's a lot easier to become a teacher so that would probably be like the Uh, flip side of that too i think it's like because it's like i think it's um it's it's hard to be a good teacher, I would say that. Mm-hmm. And I think the problem is a lot of people, teachers, they just go in, because, like, you know what, like, I can fart into it, and it's a chill, chill schedule, because mm-hmm. they get all the, you know, the breaks. Yeah. But yeah. then they don't, like, do any impact for these kids, so that's yeah. the, that's an issue, too. Right. Like, I don't know, like, how do you screen those out? Like, these teachers suck, like, get yeah. out of here. And it's hard, because I remember when I was doing the credential program at CSUN, which was in California, um, there was a teacher there that I had met before Mm -hmm. and I had actually worked with before when I was a paraprofessional and she was not a good teacher like she was though she didn't do anything like literally she did not do anything (laughs) and she was in my same class and she was getting good grades and she was about to finish the program to get her credential and I was like there needs to be some sort of system in place where you can see that she's a bad teacher and she should not be here (laughs) um and I actually thought about, like, just reaching out to one of my professors and being like, you really need to look harder at <laughs> what she's doing. <laughs> yeah, it was like, like, I probably should just, like, not stick my nose where it doesn't belong or something. So I didn't ever do it. But I was like, really, the whole time, that whole semester, I had her in that class. And I was like, I really just want to talk to my professor and be like, please, like, <laughs> just, like, drop into her class one day. Because she would do, like, we would have to, our our classes sometimes or they would come in to do observations but it's always scheduled so then she would be prepared for that and the one they would come in to do those observations and stuff she would actually be teaching and doing stuff but the whole rest of the time she would like literally just tell the other paraprofessionals like can you come up with an activity for them to do or just make them paint or just make them do this like she was not actually teaching them anything <laughs> sounds like the cameron diaz movie uh bad teacher I yeah, think that's what it's yeah. oh yeah <laughs> she was always like hungover in there yeah like, <laughs> sleeping and stuff <laughs> it, it's uh some, some people do it for the wrong reasons mm-hmm. yeah but usually they get weeded out by the kids anyway right because they hopefully yeah <laughs> no, I, I, i've before i started working at the alternative school um, I asked so many people in my family for advice because I'm like, I've never done it before. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you all... had a lot of good models. <laughs> I did. Models. Um, and you know, one thing they will always tell me um, is to be genuine because if you're not genuine, they'll, you'll get weeded out. Yeah. They'll eat you alive. They will. <laughs> right. You, like when other, you know, the principals, like why, why is everyone in your class failing or is it like all this going on in your class so hopefully i don't know because yeah. i had teachers like that granted it wasn't teacher's fault they just had no um backbones so yeah. like class would walk off legit they were like uh smoking weed in the back <laughs> wow. i told you the school was not very good <laughs> <laughs> things like that you know and, and like like he just had no control over the class mm-hmm. just because it was that like i guess you like a mm-hmm. a low income area or you do the you, opposite like for me, it's kind of like you're just honest. Like you, like you say, yeah. you just have to be genuine. You don't like, have to, but you have to be 
stern with the ones are going to try to push you right you have to be like firm Firm, i wouldn't say stern or like don't show weakness Mm -hmm. i would say firm like you have to be cold and whatever but you still have to like show vulnerability for vulnerability yeah because like for even like in preschool like you have to like open up Mm -hmm. and i'm like i'm not really like that type of person i guess Mm -hmm. so like (laughs) for me it's like weird Because in preschool, you have to do, like, a lot of, like, oh, I love you, and, like, oh, come and hug me and stuff, and, like, I'm not really like that that much. (laughs) So, like, for me, like, I have to make sure that I'm, like, conscious of that and making sure that I put that out there so that they will, like, have that relationship with me. But in high school, I remember super strict, or even, like, at first, when I first started teaching, I was like, okay, well, I have to be super strict with them to make sure that they know that they can't play with me, right? And then it was, like, the opposite effect where it's just kind of, like, they don't feel like they can trust you. Like, they don't feel like they have that bond with you. They feel like you're just, like, judging them or, like, telling them what to do or you're already assuming that they're bad kids or that you're assuming that they're going to break the rules or that they're not, I don't know, doing what they're supposed to be doing. So that kind of has the opposite effect. And you kind of have to, like, open yourself up more so that they can kind of reciprocate that. Yeah, that's true. I, I had, a, I had a, a kid um, that went to the high school, would later become one of my clients in the program. Uh, but my first days there, um, I, I would, I, you know, her name's Mandy. Say, hey, how you doing, Mandy? She, she like blew me <laughs> on there. She later on told me that my first couple of days working there, she actually thought I was a student. Um, so I think that's why she kind of like, <laughs> but, um, I kept, I kept that every day. Hey, what's up, Mandy? How you doing? Hey, talk to me. What's going on? And I was with it every day every, and I was persistent. Mm-hmm. And eventually she was like, okay, I tried to test you. You passed my test. <laughs> you keep coming. See, are you, especially in alternative school settings, can, yeah. are going to be around? Yeah, they're used to people ditching them. Right, exactly. Or walking out on them. Exactly. And once you show that, nah, I'm I'm here, I'm legit, then like, all right, you cool. I trust you. Mm -hmm. But that's that's sort of like the process you kind of have to have to go through. It's like it's like they initiate you almost. Yeah. A lot of the behaviors, at least in preschool, I'm not sure how it is with older kids, but a lot of the behaviors that they have it's like almost like a defense mechanism type of thing where Mm -hmm. it's like they've been through so much already and like they've had so many bad experiences with adults that it's like they just automatically don't trust you Mm -hmm. and so they like push you away by hitting you or kicking you or biting you or like saying a bunch of bad words or whatever and then it's just kind of like you always being there and you always showing love even though they're doing that Mm -hmm. and then they're like oh okay so you're you're here to stay like you are sticking around like you do actually care for me like you are actually going to be there when i need you <laughs> and then over time they you build that trust and then they start coming around see i think you'd be sense. great at it man i think you'd be great at it. <laughs> man? Uh, great mentor, he's really man. good with kids <laughs> see man what, what's up uh, i don't know <laughs> no don't tell him because one of us has to make the money we can't both i mean like it's just it's just a, a mentor yeah, like, yeah. Type, type thing. I don't know. I'll try. Yeah, I, I'm even trying to help my like my own family right now. Like, I feel uh, it's hard. Yeah. It's work. Yeah, hundred percent, man. Because you're like, damn, like what? I like, I don't know. Because it's like, right? We all have our own like 
our own traumas or demons, right? So mm-hmm. it's just like, I guess the way I process it, they don't, they don't, they have, they have, they, they don't know how to process it. They don't know how to like handle it. And in my head, I go, God damn, you just gotta suck it up, you know, and just get through life. And, <laughs> but you can't tell them that because that's not how they're, they, they don't know how to that's do it. That's also like, not exactly the best way to deal with <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. But that, that's, that's my point. It's just like, I don't know, like, I don't know how to, how you tell someone to think differently or like, I don't know. Like, that's the problem. I know, I know what works for me. Mm-hmm. But most of the times it's kind of like we're saying, you just have to be there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's what I, that too. Just talking to them. Like, yeah. Like I had just a cousin. listening to them. Yeah. He would just call me. He called me one time just, and he was just on the phone crying. Mm-hmm. And he just like, literally, hey, thanks, man. I just needed a van. Like, yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah. Whenever, whenever Sometimes that's all people have to do that first in order for them to actually be open to listening to your suggestions mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's a similarity in my role between like working at the high school and then my current, what I currently do. Mm-hmm. I'm very much still that person that I went to, and it's not always about necessarily solving the problems, but it's the fact that you're giving them your attention. Mm-hmm. It's the fact you're on them, and and you're making them uh, a priority, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, people wanna wanna feel like validated. Uh, absolutely, they they wanna feel validated. They wanna feel like you think they're important enough to give your time mm-hmm. time that's really ultimately what it, what i found what it's ultimately uh, about um is just you know being present and, and just being there for them uh consistently um, yeah and eventually they'll you know they'll, they'll come around i mean i get out a short story there was this uh this kid um at the alternative high school he's been kicked out of school he's been in, in all kind of trouble you know fights etc cetera, etc cetera. never forget the kid uh and we're able to reach him mm-hmm. right um and saw like different things in him i saw a smart kid i saw a talented mm-hmm. kid i saw i saw a, a good heart um but he had some traumatic experiences outside of of, of the school setting that kind of like hardened him a little bit um, but the, the fact that I showed an interest in him, that I was mm-hmm. consistently there for him, checking him up, checking up on him, like, hey, man, what's going on? How you doing? To rap, right? And I mm-hmm. like rap music, so we kind of bonded <laughs> over, we bonded yeah. over, over music. I, I didn't know this, but um, I, I became pretty much one of the only individuals that he listened to. So it got to a point which um, would come to me if he was acting up and say, can you talk to Wesley? He'd come sit in the classroom with him because he wouldn't do his work. His teacher would, would, would ask him to do his work and he'd blow her off, cuss her out, whatever. i come here, sit down next to him, put my arm around him, what's going on, man? What's up, can we get you to do the work? Okay, fine, and he'd do the work. Mm-hmm. i tell you, one of the most powerful moments happened um, because he was a kid who wasn't at school consistently because um, he didn't have that foundation uh, to, to really force him to you know to do what he was didn't have any consistency in his life he did um and his his mom was there but for whatever reason it, it they weren't connecting right mm-hmm. um so i remember one morning um I, I drove to his house um because i wanted to make sure that he got to school because i didn't want him to be kicked out mm-hmm. and I, I rung the doorbell his mom answered the door, let me in. And I saw he was sleeping on the floor. She was like, I've been trying to tell him to get up and go to school, he won't do it. I come over, uh, kneel on one knee, I'm like, hey man, what's up, man, it's me. 
like, what's up? I said, got to get up, man. We got to go to school. He was like, all right, give me 10 minutes. Hopped up, went to the bathroom, changed his clothes, brushed his teeth. We're out. When we were waiting, his mom said, I asked him that same thing and he cusses me out. You come over here, ask him to get up to go to school. He pops up just like that. That mm-hmm. speaks to the power of, of relationships yeah. and because he, he knew that I cared about him. Yeah. So he, he listened. And those teachers, I think, instead of asking you to come in and solve those problems, should have been asking you what you're doing differently so that they could try to do that and connect with him better. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think because I wasn't a traditional teacher, mm-hmm. uh, maybe he didn't look at me the same way um, mm-hmm. as as he did someone who was his math teacher or, yeah. or, or something like that. Like career coaches were in schools and we're, you know, seen as already figure, but mm-hmm. we're more like like the big brothers. Um, of of the of the organization, right? We're not we're telling them to go to school, but we're not assigning school work to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, some some teachers some teachers did, but this particular teacher uh, was she was kind of like frazzled a little bit, and she kind of would be easily kind of just shaking, <laughs> kind of like shaking like that. And, yeah. and you have to be calm, right? And you have to because if you're not calm, they're gonna see that, and they're yeah. not gonna be calm. So. I, I just think that this particular teacher was just a little kind of frazzled, and I think maybe she was traumatized herself for mm-hmm. some previous. That's one of the hard things about teaching too is that you have to set all of your own things yeah. aside and make sure that you're always presenting like this calm, yeah. collected, consistent presence well, in yeah, the classroom. You're supposed to be the like. You're supposed to be the rock, and if you're, like, falling apart, then obviously no one else is going to really see you as that rock, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) And, I mean, with with all human beings, but especially with with kids who've undergone so much trauma, um, that anytime they're they're in a certain situation, like if you're screaming at them or something, or or anytime there's just, like, chaos – around them it's like they have that that cortisol which is the stress hormone in the brain fight or flight exactly exactly (laughs) um so this if you you have to you have to be calm because it Mm -hmm. brings those cortisol levels down so if if it was a time where it was a a kid who was getting ready to fight or screaming at the teacher i put my arm around them take them out of their surrounding go outside let's go for a walk let's take a deep breath yeah let's let's get Mm -hmm. those cortisol levels down so where you're you're That's thinking right. with the rational part of your brain and not yeah. the the survival part, right? <laughs> exactly. Man, that sounds like a like your stories are just it's like it's crazy. Like that's I can see. Yeah, I guess I, won't, I don't want to say, but yeah, I can see how that's very rewarding for someone doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it was, though. it was, though. but no, I get it because like honestly, like I do like I like helping people. It's just I don't know how to, and it's and it's weird, like. I usually it'll be random like even little things like I've literally legit helped mm-hmm. groceries in a car things like that like mm-hmm. I like I want to help people like even on Friday I felt bad because I was driving down Mill Plain because I was going to the dentist and the, the guy on the other side had his car broken down mm-hmm. and like no one was helping I was like fuck like I should help him you know but I was like God I don't be late to my dentist appointment so I even thought about like getting on the middle there was like a like a shoulder I was like okay I, I know my SUV I could fit on there I could just get out <laughs> and like help him push his car. But then I was like, fuck, I'm going to be late to my appointment, though. So I was like, I didn't help when I fought. And I still, like, I regret it right now to this day. I'm like, I should have helped. <laughs> but you something, you you know, you had to do. Yeah. Well, you know, mm-hmm. so, I mean, one of the, one of the I think, 
perceptions is that um, if all it takes is just giving a little bit, right? Because you don't want to, you don't want to deplete yourself. It has to yeah. Be balanced. Yeah. Exactly. Right? Because you give anything to, so I mean, if you have something to do, I wouldn't feel yeah. so bad. But yeah, no, that's the thing. I legit wanted to look into like mentorships or something. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or even just focus more time on my family, like trying to help them out. I think you'd be, I, I think you'd be a great mentor. And I'm not just saying that because, you know, we work together. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're my boy. I actually, I actually think that like, I think kids would gravitate towards you. You know what I mean? And I think we just, I think the key is just finding a commonality yeah. um, with someone that you, mm-hmm. that you connect with. Like, you know, me and the, the young man that I talked about, uh, we found a commonality. It was, it was music. Yeah. So, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Anything, it could be anything. Mm-hmm. All right. Same hobby, same. Right. Now. Or even you just being able to understand maybe like what they've yeah, been where they're through or from, what their yeah. educational experience is like because you've had rough educational <laughs> experiences. Right. That would that would be helpful for them to actually be with an adult that understands what mm-hmm. they're going through or whatever. And it's success story too. Mm-hmm. You know, kid gives them yeah. hope. You yeah. can be that role model where it's like just because it's rough now, it doesn't have to be rough later. <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's really what, it, what it's all about, man. I'll look at, uh, I guess, I don't know if you might be asking, why did you quit? Um, so, I, for me, um, there, there was some, uh, the unfortunate part about a lot of, like, nonprofit organizations is that uh, sometimes things aren't run the way that, that they should. Sometimes the uh, mission, vision, and values uh, get lost in the yeah. pursuit of money politics right um and 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 so the direction uh was something that i couldn't really stay with it wasn't in line with my values um and i i also think that um often a lot of nonprofit organizations put people in leadership positions and they're not equipped uh with the emotional intelligence with the empathy uh you know with the uh respect uh per se uh to be able to manage manage and lead certain individuals and you know as i was saying earlier um if if the job gets to a point where it's making you not the person that you want to be yeah that's when you that's when you gotcha. gotta go make sense yeah um and so the irony is that my next job was a job where it was i was responsible for making sure people had a great work environment so it oh, cool. things work out in, okay. in very, very yeah. mysterious, mysterious ways. Yeah. It, it wasn't something that I had planned to do. Like, oh, I'm gonna leave this job and I'm yeah. gonna find a job where I make people lives. Like, yeah. It just it just worked out that worked way. out that way. And this position just happened to come available and uh uh Kyle, uh your boy Kyle, uh uh Kyle Haskett, he's in the IT department at NetRush. He's a good friend of mine. Um he and I actually played together in the basketball leagues. And everybody's always shocked when I tell people how Kyle and I know each other. Because Kyle, you know, is about 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, he doesn't look like a basketball player. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, redhead. And just, you know, that, no one thinks he, he he's an athlete. But that's that's how we met. And, uh, one day he just texted me out of the blue just to say, hey, man, how you doing? I haven't heard from you in a while. Um, and I just told him, man, I'm just, you know, stressed out. Um and he, he just says, I want you to apply for a job with us. And I was like, is your company called NetRush? What are y'all, I don't even know what y'all do, man. Like, 
<laughs> I looked at the jobs and I'm like, IT, marketing, digital yeah. marketing. I'm like, I can't do any of this. Yeah. <laughs> but he said, wait a minute, there's going to be a job for you that I think is right in like a week later position. And I think you'd be right for it. I remember uh, pulling it up on my laptop and then I called my wife over and I was like, oh, check this out. And she was like, you can do that. I was like, yeah, I, I could. So, um, and he put in a good word with, with the HR department and just say, hey, you know this guy might be a good fit. You know, So came in there and, you know, the rest is history, as they say. There you go. And then I, I <laughs> my first day I met I met my man David. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> on your first day? Yeah, we we oh. started on the same day. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was That's December cool. December eighteenth. Eighteenth. Yeah. December eighteenth. The week before Christmas. Yeah. We just yeah. moved. We literally got there the yeah. day before. Yeah. yeah. Down from California. Wow. For drove, real? Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Was, you had just got there. Yeah. <laughs> man, I had no idea. <laughs> Like I know you told me you were from you were from the LA area, but I didn't know that y'all had literally just the moved, day yeah. before. Yeah. What was that like for you? Like and and for you, like <laughs> so like what was that like for y'all? Like starting over and That was scary. I was excited. <laughs> excited. I don't know. I was yeah. just like I was just like, yo, like if it doesn't work out, we'll go back, you know? Mm -hmm. Whatever. It doesn't that's how I saw it. Like it's Yeah. My mom's house is still there, so <laughs> like, you know. I feel yeah. But yeah, it's just like, I don't know, I like the area, so let's go try it out. And now we're here, two years later. Two years later. <laughs> no, it's, well, no, it's been three, it's been four, or well, three. Because it's 2017, right? It was December of 2017. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. 18, right. All right. 19. Yeah. Now, right now, right. A little more than two years. Right. <laughs> That's why I'm not a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> but, nah, you're right. It, it's, man. That's that's crazy, man. Yeah, that's crazy. I I had no idea that you just got here. <laughs> you too. Like, what was, you know? Um, it was fun. I don't know. <laughs> I was I didn't have a job when we first got here, so that was kind of like scary. Where it was, I've never been in that position where I'm like I have to rely on him, <laughs> you know. And then coming from a family where like every single female in my family has been ditched by their significant others it was like scary i was like eh, i'm gonna end up homeless in the streets of portland or something <laughs> but it worked out though yeah yeah it, it worked out you know like um i'm glad it glad it did i'm glad y'all both moved here because i mean this area area you're diversified yeah. <laughs> and that's like one of the things that people would always tell us like oh you're gonna move over there like is there even like mexican people there like what are you guys gonna eat and stuff you know but I think it is one of those things where it's kind of like you have to, like, if you never leave one area because that's where all the ethnic diversity is, like, none of the areas will ever be ethnically diverse either. Right. So you have to kind of go out there and make that yeah. wherever you're at. You're going to pop a lot of kids. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. I, I, get, I get that, too, because I'm, I'm from further away than, than y'all yeah. are. Mm -hmm. uh, and, of course, Oregon? Yeah, no, wait a minute, is it black people? Yeah. <laughs> I said, yes. Yeah. Uh, I count them every day. Yeah, One, yeah, two, two, three. <laughs> exactly three. Yeah. It's not a lot. It's, 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 not, it's not a lot. I'm definitely a dot in the glass. Yeah. Of milk, but we, we got a few other dots around. Like we, people of color, we out, we out here. Yeah. We out here, you know. So there's yeah. pockets of us somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Certain areas. Baby pockets, but pockets nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool, though. And then, yeah, and especially, like we said, in teaching, where it's like you don't see that reflected in the demographics that they're serving. So it's mm-hmm. like if I don't go to those places where there is only white teachers, then, like, where are the ethnic teachers going to come from? <laughs> yeah. It, it's an opportunity. It's certainly mm-hmm. an, an opportunity, um, you know, and in tech as well. Cause we, yeah. Tech's yeah. not... Diverse. It's not a diverse field either. Yeah. Surprisingly, our departments, uh, yeah. Yeah, they got, y'all got some. I think we're some, I think we're one of the probably most diverse departments, right? Or, uh, yeah. it's, I say between y'all and like the creative studio team, it's, okay. it's, uh, it's a few people of color okay. in that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, in the HR department is 25%. <laughs> Looking at the diversity. <laughs> right here. But no, it, it, it's actually but pretty impressive. But in the impressive. grand scheme of things. Yeah. 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 It's actually pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah. 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 But no, it's, it's cool. I mean, for me, it was opportunities as, uh, as well um, to, to really um, and really impact, you know, kids and, yeah. and you know, hopefully just be a positive example for them and mm-hmm. you know and we, i don't think we really get to choose whether or not we're role models right like yeah, yeah. it just happens you or, are a role model to someone right? whether you're aware of it or whether <laughs> you <laughs> yeah and i remember that uh back in like i think it was like 93 charles barkley had a commercial that was i'm not a role model i'm not a role model and the the idea of it was that Kids shouldn't look at athletes as role models. They should look at parents and people and people in their in their communities. But mm-hmm. you're a kid. They don't just pick and choose. Right. You just <laughs> yeah. it's you're whoever there. you connect with. It's yeah. what you see. It's mm-hmm. what you relate to. So, yeah. um, I, I think especially moving here to Portland, I I realized that like people are watching watching me, mm-hmm. um, and I am a role model to somebody. Right. Yeah. And, you're a role model. It could model. be you're anybody, yeah. Right. It might be somebody you have no idea. You met them for five seconds, and right. somehow, for whatever reason, you had an impact, and yeah. that's, that's it. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Never know who's watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's true. It's it's true. I mean, I've, I've seen that. I've seen that. So, uh, oh. Like, one thing I noticed moving here, too, like, going kind of back on, like, the whole ethnic diversity of this area is in LA there wasn't really a whole lot of or not that I noticed at least interracial couples it was like yeah. Mexicans with Mexicans or even if it was like a Mexican with like Puerto Rican it's like you're still Hispanic you yeah. still kind of have things in common right but it wasn't really ever like I don't know like a Mexican and like I don't know a Japanese person or something or like you know but um, I do know that your significant other yeah. is not of your same ethnicity. Well, she's kind of. So she's biracial. Her her dad is German and her mom is African-American. Oh, oh cool. Um, so she's somewhat yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, kind of. But she does get mistaken uh, for, uh, like, people have asked her, was she, like, Dominican? Uh, That's, yeah. 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 Puerto, Puerto Rican um, as well. But... Um, so she's the product of uh, interracial relationship, and I, I agree. Like um, when you talked about the interracial dating situation in LA, mm-hmm. in Houston, you have a lot of interracial relationships. Yeah, in LA either. I don't know why. Yeah. I see it out here though. Yeah, oh, like, that's, yeah. most oh, of my 
families are interracial yeah. families and I'm like oh oh in your class yeah mm-hmm. yeah Sorry, uh, yeah. every time I, I forget, like, every nah. time I'm like, oh, my kids, and people are like, you have kids, and I'm like, oh, no, my students. Well, but they are like your kids. Yeah. Yeah. Or I'm like, like my parents, and they're like, oh, like, your parents? And yeah. I'm like, sorry, my, my kids' parents, and then they're like, your kids, and I'm like, no. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, nah, it, it's, um, and the funny thing is that, like, um, I've had African-American couples, um, you know, African-American men, African-American women, tell me that they get stares walking around Portland um, that interracial couples in Houston would get for being an interracial couple because it's so rare Mm -hmm. that um, you get two African-Americans in a relationship like that because there's so much interracial dating dating here. I mean, um, me and my wife don't, get it as much because like a lot of people are like well she Hispanic is she you know Puerto Rican is she so I think they assume that we're somewhat of a inter, inter, interracial couple but no it, it is a lot of interracial dating um, here yeah. in Portland you know area of Vancouver or like something that I kind of noticed when we first moved here it's like I think maybe it's the fact that there's not a whole lot of Hispanic people here but, like, people would assume that we were, like, brother and sister or something. What? Because it was, like, we both came from California. Or, like, I guess maybe it's harder to meet other Hispanic people or something. Or, I don't know. But people would sometimes assume that we were, like, related or something. Because we're both Hispanic. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, and, and it's a lot different. It's a lot different in, in yeah. L.A., yeah. I mean, but, then, you know, there are some people um, in this area who just don't see people who don't look like them, you know, on a daily basis. Like, it's not it's not in their offices. It's not in their neighborhoods. It's not, if they're religious in their places of worship, it's just, it's just not there, mm-hmm. uh, which is why it's good that the three of us transplants are here um, <laughs> to to because people need to need to see that right yeah. people need to be need to be exposed to people who don't look like them yeah and i feel like i don't know if it's maybe like a local cultural type of thing but like where people don't really travel very much in this area so it's like they've never really been out of the state mm-hmm. so they don't know any like other customs yeah. or any other ways Absolutely. of living or they've never been out of the country and so mm-hmm. they don't understand like cultural differences like what right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah culture so, what do you mean by culture right yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my my wife and I always joke that like in portland <laughs> portland's definition of diversity is like Redheads, blondes, <laughs> no hair, like no, that's, yeah. purple hair, freckle face, like yeah. that's that's like Portland's diversity. <laughs> it's that's hilarious funny. though, man. It's sad though, you know, sad but true. Yeah, it's ch- I, yeah. Hopefully, it's changing though. I think it's changing. Definitely, mm-hmm. definitely better than what was in like what sixties. Seventy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, y'all, y'all know Everywhere. about the the state of Oregon's like uh, laws, uh, the exclusionary laws. No, it, I, I know they have a pretty, they have a, like a dark history for sure. Oregon. Yeah, man. It, it's when I heard about it, I it was no wonder it's not very many people of color. Here. It, <laughs> so Oregon was a state that uh, they didn't 
they they outlaw slavery, right? So slavery didn't happen here. But also, if you were non-white um, and you didn't leave the state, you got publicly whipped every every six months. Um, it's the Oregon Lash Law. Uh, I think that's that's what they called it. Uh, so Oregon was was built to be like this white uh, heavenly the mecca, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they that those rules weren't taken out of the state, I believe, constitution um, until like maybe 30, 40 years ago, maybe 50 years ago. Not that, not that yeah. long ago. That's not even long, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's a reason why there hasn't, there hasn't been a lot of uh, diversity here. And there's also had been a history of uh, like Ku Klux Klan Mm-hmm. Uh, presence, presence here. There's been like, uh, I mean, there still crimes. is. Yeah, it, it yeah, still is. Yeah. Um, it's everywhere. Washington so it's not gonna go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what. Yeah. That's what. Generations and generations. Uh, that's why, cause like I like to go explore, but I'm always I have my strap yeah, on. Yeah, you have to. You have to like, be cautious. Have, yeah. Because you get into like the middle of nowhere, Washington, yeah. and, and those guys have guns too. You know. Yeah, you don't know if if they're gonna like your skin. Yeah, <laughs> like, whatever. I'm ready for you though. So <laughs> that's why I have I'm, a Second Amendment right too. I'm going to Seattle. I'm gassing up in Portland, and I'm gassed up again when I get to Seattle. <laughs> nah, but it, it's uh, it. You know, I didn't know that when I moved up here, right? But before I started my first day at uh, Portland OIC, we we do like this three day all staff training, um, and they talked about those rules, and I was like, oh my god. Why wow. did I come here? No. <laughs> yeah, like I thought I left the South and mm-hmm. I feel like I'm right back in it. Um mm-hmm. but it, 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 it really it explains a, a lot. I mean every other state is, is becoming more and more diverse. I believe by the year twenty fifty twenty forty or twenty fifty, um, the US will no longer be predominantly white. Um so that That's not too far. It's not that's not too far <laughs> away. Um so I mean, but you you see the the diversity in all the other states, but yet Oregon and Southwest Washington is still slow right, to catch yeah. up. Right? Yeah, yeah. But like you said, it's coming. Um, I I think that uh, you know a lot of the local leaders have done a a pretty good job of being transparent about the history, uh, and and trying to do things to 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 correct it. Um, I think there's been efforts made by the city of Portland um, to kind of help try to offset some of the effects of uh, uh, gentrification in north and northeast Portland. Um, I'm I'm not sure how effective they've been, but I appreciate mm-hmm. the the efforts. Yeah, that there's they've a lot made, of effort. You know, and and, and acknowledging, yeah. uh, you know, so yeah, it's it's a process. Like in my program, there's a lot of stuff that they're trying to do to make sure that they change the fact that most of the teachers are white. Yeah. So like there's like a lot of like they have the parents to teachers program where they're training parents to become teachers mm-hmm. or like they get them into all of the like the classes and all of the programs that they need so that yeah. they can become teachers so that like the student body is being reflected by the That's as well. Important. Mm-hmm. Makes sense, yeah. Or like all the stuff that Kim is doing, where she, like, she's there in the interviews, and they make sure that it's all kind of like accessible, 
So if it's someone that like English is their second language, they make sure that there's translated things for them or that they're taking that into consideration when they're doing the interview process because maybe they just don't have that vocabulary in English to sound as eloquent as the other person that they just interviewed. So I I see that a lot here, which is pretty awesome. So I think it it will change pretty soon. It will. And I think an important thing is that uh, if, you know, if you want, if people want diversity, it's important that this is something that people live, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It is, if a person just lives a a life where they don't associate with people who don't look like them, um, and then they come into a a organization and and try to preach diversity, well, it it just, it doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Yeah, and like, I don't know, for me, I'm I'm all about like, I like to experience other cultures. Like I go, yeah, like like when they show me food, like I don't care, I'll try it. Like if it's weird, I'll try it. Like, cause that, that helps, I think that helps people feel like oh cool they're trying you know they're trying to yeah. learn about my culture they're trying to yeah bond but i feel like that white people are also part of that because i feel yeah. like a lot of times it's like like you want to experience other cultures so it's like other ethnic cultures yeah but like sometimes if i'm in a room full of white people i'm like Ugh. Okay, maybe I should go to that other room where there's a bunch of Mexicans like listening to. Yeah, I get too. Yeah, I get, I get, like, like I don't know. I get, I do get uncomfortable too. Mm-hmm. I don't know why around white people just don't. It's not the same, yeah. but it's like very different um, vibes, right? Like, yeah. just the things we like is very different. The, the like yesterday, like we were like they want to do karaoke, you know, and I yeah. went in the room and then I was just like. Damn, this ain't for me. <laughs> I walked out like, after one song. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I walked out yeah. after one song and I walked out, they were playing two shirts, like, oh, okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. That was two yeah, yeah. Wait, but it's two shirts. Yeah, like, it's two shirts. Like, fine. Yeah, yeah. Man, I, I was like, I was like, man, you know what? I ought to play this in the office one time. Yeah. It's gonna be my last day. Yeah. <laughs> so I I uh, I've been I was assigned to be responsible for the office music, um, which I don't know how it happened, but um, I just the customer service team at, at NetRush was responsible for it, and um, I think what happened with was for whatever reason, people would complain about the music, but they would complain about it to me, and I'm like. <laughs> They are sitting right there. Like yeah. you have email, you have G chat. Just look, can we change this song? Thanks. But yeah. for whatever reason, people just kept complaining. Hey, could you talk to them? Like, well, you have a voice too. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, it, 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 I, I try to, you know, um, capture music that appeals to various people's interests, which is. It's hard. Everyone's right. not gonna. Some of it, like you can almost say, everyone's gonna tell you change the song, change the song. Yeah, that's yeah. okay. Yeah. But that's how some album music. I just have headphones. Yeah, I like. I don't know. I, I wouldn't care. That too. <laughs> I really appreciate that because I, I walk around the office and I'm like, how are y'all this unhappy? With you? Yeah, you can't I, even hear it. <laughs> and it is very low. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. And then like, yeah, because I have. Yeah, you know, some of my coworkers complain about the music. I just put on the headphones, man. Like, who cares? Like, what? Like. <laughs> It's not that hard. Like, are they even paying attention to it? Anyway, like enough like to, to hate it. Doing their work. I, I think some people just like to, to complain, complain <laughs> about something. <laughs> uh, 
just they're bored. They yeah. have something to do. <laughs> Which I mean, I don't know how anybody's boring. <laughs> yeah, y'all always gotta be. I walk by, look at y'all screens, and I'm just like, my brain is <laughs> the Matrix. You know that that emoji? It's an emoji yeah. where like the the face is like, and the yeah, top is yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's what I do when I look at like IT. Man. Like, what are you guys doing? Right, man. Like, ooh, that's, that's a hard game of Tetris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but it's, it's cool, though, man. It'll change it. It'll change it. And then I guess just to wrap this up, um, I did want to see if you had any advice for any possible students that might be listening or young people that might be listening who feel kind of lost. Um. So my advice would be uh, to, you know, Look at different ways of, of doing things. Try to uh, get access. Find someone in your school who can who you can talk to about different career paths. Right. What you want to do is give yourself an opportunity to learn about as many different career paths as possible. Um, it's like going to a buffet. Right. You want to try a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Like the first thing you try, you like that. I don't like that. Throw it out. <laughs> the next thing you might be like. It's better than that one, but I don't know. The third thing might be like, oh, man, this I want to get some more of this. So so just, you know, look for uh, teachers, uh, counselors, people who can try to expose you to different career paths. And also just look back over the course of your life. Um, think about what activities would you do that you would do for free? What what do you feel passionate about? What would, what would excite you to do if you woke up in the morning? And then also, what if people told you that you're good at? What if your teachers, your parents, uh, friends, cousins, uh, other people, what if they told you that, that you're good at? Strength. And look, Yeah, your mm-hmm. strengths. And, and even if a school counselor has like some different kind of assessments to, to you know, uh, look at your strengths, um, you know, take advantage of those resources uh, and see if you if you can figure something out. And if you're, you know, if you're young and you don't know yet, that's okay. It, it, it's all right. Some people might not find their calling until late later in life. Um, but just to realize that we all have a purpose, we all have unique gifts, talents, skills, and abilities. And, um, you know, just believe that you will find what's uniquely for you and just be who you are. And I think something maybe to keep in mind is that strengths are different for everyone. Absolutely. It doesn't necessarily have to be academic strengths. Yes. It can be just anything that you're right. good at. <laughs> some people, some people might be good with their hands. Mm-hmm. Some people might be. I mean, it's it's some people are good talkers, and, and maybe yeah. being you know artists and, and uh, you know public speakers or, or you know different things like that. There are a million a million gifts. Um, you know, in, in, in different ways you can make a living mm-hmm. outside of just you know math or you know traditional traditional stuff, ways. Yeah. Because I, you know, it took me a while to, to find to find mine, but I but I found it. So, um, yeah, just just try to expose yourself to, to to different things and just really look look at what you're passionate about. What what are you interested in? What have people told you that you're you're really really good at? And you know, look at pursuing something. In that. That's good advice. That's <laughs> solid advice right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then also, I wanted to give you a chance. I believe that you are working on a special project. So yeah. I wanted to give you a chance to mention that. Yeah, we, um, me and a buddy of mine are working on a, a podcast. Uh, it's called Two Mics, Black and White. And so in this podcast, um, 
the the story behind it is that my my friend, the guy I co-host the show with, is uh his name is Sam. He's a white man. He's married to an African American woman. They have three beautiful children, and he had a conversation with his wife and said, "What can I do to surround our son uh, with the right opportunity so that he will be successful?" Well, his wife said, talking about diversity, the best thing you can do surround him with positive male role models who look like him and so he thought maybe the best way to do this was to uh create a podcast with me where we uh interview men of color african-american men about their experiences finding their racial identity um how they navigated some of the challenges um you know in their youth and in their early adulthood um, and really just advice they have for any, any you know, young kids who are coming up in the world. Mm-hmm. So the hope is that we can kind of leave behind something that when his son gets to a certain age to where he's old enough to understand it, if he finds himself with various challenges in life, he can listen to some of these episodes and he might be able to glean some wisdom from it that yeah. will help him overcome, you know, whatever situation he might be confronted with. Uh, not only as a human being, but a, as a as a as a you know child of color and mm-hmm. a young man of color eventually. So, uh, two mics, black and white. Um, we're not we don't have it posted posted yet. We're still doing interviews and working out some technicalities. But um, you know, as soon as we get that taken care of, you know, I'd love to have y'all guys uh, check it out and mm-hmm. you know um, let y'all know where we can. Yeah, we can post that information once it's available if anyone wants to check it out. Thank you. (laughs) Maybe we could have, um, I don't know who the co-host is. Uh, My buddy Sam. Uh, Maybe we could have Sam in because I have um, a lot of parents, like I said, that are are interracial. And sometimes they'll come to me with questions of like, how can I make my child feel like culturally valued or like help them find their cultural identity? And I'm like... I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, Sam is Sydney is is terrific. Uh, Sydney is uh, is a an instructor. Uh, she does restorative justice. Oh, she awesome. works in the schools mm-hmm. as well. Um, and and you know she's she's a she's a great resource to me as as as. And I mean yeah they'd be they'd be great to to get on. Um, you know uh, I think they'd have a lot of insight um, to to share with your your listeners. Yeah, so that'd be awesome. And I think yeah. that that podcast would be a big resource for a lot of people because yeah. i i've seen the need for it <laughs> yeah, we, yeah definitely uh that's that um so we've we've recorded some some episodes and um i mean once it's out i think it's gonna be i think it's gonna really uh have a positive impact on, on some people that's yeah, certainly, certainly what we're what we're hoping for um and so i mean like we recorded an episode with our last guest um had Sam almost in tears, uh, because his story, uh, it, it reflected the story and the challenges that some of his young son is, is, mm. is going through right now. So being able to find commonalities is, uh, is, is powerful. And so we hope that, you know, people, you know, who have, uh, interracial couples with mixed race children or maybe white couples that have adopted black children, mm-hmm. um, you know, they can take something from this, uh, to, to help their kid, you know, uh, come into who they are and their racial identity. Yeah. Have you seen um, the show This Is Us? I've heard about it. That's the one with Sterling Brown. Yeah, Sterling, Sterling K. Brown. 
Sydney always talks about it, but I haven't actually, I haven't actually seen it up, <laughs> seen um, that show yet. His character is adopted by a white family, okay. and there's I remember an episode where, at first I guess when people would see them together, like a lot of the black people in the community would like kind of judge her really harshly and like he doesn't belong in your household, like he should be with people of like his color and like people that he can relate to and that will understand him and stuff, and then mom that kind of saw how she was struggling to try to like Mm -hmm. meet his needs because they were so different from the rest of her kids needs and just kind of started helping her out like okay he needs to go to a black barber you know because Mm -hmm. like wherever you're taking him like they're not doing it right for his hair type and all these problems with like his skin or his scalp or whatever was Mm -hmm. going on um so i think that's that's something that people probably don't really consider like all the small details that the small differences Mm -hmm. in in the cultures and all that stuff that yeah that's great i didn't think about that like yeah Yeah. adopt being adopted and yeah Mm -hmm. like having an adopted kid that's completely different race yeah Yeah. or i think there was an episode too where one of the one of the kids like once they're older or whatever he's dating um an uh african-american girl and she has to sleep with like a special pillow because I guess her hair Mm -hmm. or something like I'm not exactly sure how it works but he was thinking that she was just being like super like bougie or like particular or something and she's like no like I actually need it because like it helps my hair or Mm -hmm. something but yeah that's like something like like me like I would never think (laughs) about anything like that right because I I'm like I have my Mexican hair which is like it can go through anything, <laughs> but no, it's, yeah, it's, it's very, it's very important. I, uh, and I, I used to live in Toronto, uh, Canada, uh, years ago, and I had a girlfriend there who she was also uh, biracial. Mm-hmm. Uh, so her mom was a white South, was white South African. Dad is a black man from uh, Bermuda, I believe, and she used to tell me about how her mom had no idea how to take care of her hair because she had very thick like uh like curly, curly hair yeah. and her mom would like put water in it um thinking that you know it would the same thing would happen with straight hair up with yeah. water yeah. and her her dad was just like no that doesn't work for her They're like you know so just though those things like that and also yeah, yeah like you said the barbershop um you know being able to make sure that they look good it a kid's a self-esteem, yeah. uh, I think, is also is important, right? And you can't, you know, if if someone, you take a kid to a, a black barbershop where the hair looks nice, they feel good about themselves, mm-hmm. right? You want them to feel feel good. You don't want them to run around with plugs in their head and, you know, <laughs> look, yeah. like, look like something exploded. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, th- but those are some of the, like you said, some of the, the little things that, if yeah. if you're not exposed to that community, yeah. you don't think twice about it. what kind yeah. of hair products um, do you know do do you do you get for for kids like that and just you know various things. Uh, you know what do you what do you tell a kid? You know if you're white and you adopted a black kid, what instructions are you giving them if they're driving and they get stopped by the police? Yeah. Like it's very different for a black kid as opposed to a white kid. So oh, yeah. those, those are important, important lessons, um, you know, for, for people to be aware of. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that would be really awesome yeah. for you to put that there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I will let y'all know as, as soon as we, uh, as soon as we get this thing posted, I'm 
ready because we've done some some really good really good interviews. So mm-hmm. um, thank you all for having I'm me. Excited. On. Yeah, like, thank I'm, you yeah, for coming. Thanks for coming. I've had, I've had a lot it. of fun, man. This yeah. was it's really cool. <laughs> good I, I enjoyed <laughs> listening listening to y'all's podcast as well. So I mean, I reached out. The first few like, episodes are like super boring. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it. Like I I I enjoyed listening to it. So I mean, I'm glad to glad to be here. Thank you. Yeah, yeah thank you so man. much for coming. And then, if you would like to get any more information on our podcast, it's on campus with Miss T, which you should already know if you're listening. Um, and we have our website, which is uh, on campuspodcast.com. Yes, and we're also on social media. We got a Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, and Snapchat, all under the same name on campus with Miss T. That's ms.t. And yeah, if you have any topics that you would like us to explore, let us know. Or if you have any people that you would like us to interview, let us know as well and tune in next Friday for our next episode. <laughs> I'm start <Yeah>. following y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Thanks for listening. Oh man, this was cool, man. Thank y'all.